Two Guys Talking. With Marcus, Chris, and special guest Dave. How are yeah. you doing, Dave? Very good. Nice to meet you guys. Oh, mate, it's good to have you on the show. First guest. Yeah, yeah, you say nice to meet us. We've known you for a couple of years now. Oh, yeah. As the old saying goes, everyone knows a cunt called Dave. Oh. And uh, this is our Dave for you. <laughs> Live and direct on uh, <laughs> exactly. the 7, episode we've, 7. We've had to um, swap around the studio a little bit. Yeah, we're now back onto one mic between us, and we've given Dave his own microphone. I know. I'm currently um, dodging through um, the mics, um, trying to see your faces. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, just about works. I'm just like, <laughs> move around a little bit. But I mean, look, we're still on a budget with this. Uh, we've only got two mics between three of us. But, you know, humble beginnings, because of course, when it comes to whatever money we've got to spend on the podcast... It goes on the beer. So what have we got? What have we got? What uh, starting off today, we're still on Robertson's Brewery, obviously, following the Iron Maiden Man, theme. They, they need to sponsor us or something because uh, this is getting, so. this getting ridiculous. Starting off with the Fear of the Dark Stout. Uh, again, one of Iron Maiden's famous songs. Stout, Fear of the Dark. Stout's a dark. can see the correlation there. Yeah. And I'm not even going to bother trying to look for a story on this one. I opened mine before the podcast and it's actually completely black. Like, I can't see a fucking thing through this. Um, and hopefully by the end of the bottle, I won't be able to see uh, in general. So that's 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 pretty good. Yeah, and Dave, you're on uh, something different. I can oh, see. Oh yeah, just a, a bit of classic brew dog, a bit of punk IPA. Oh, that's the how that's the guest yeah. the guest beer. Oh, mm. you love to hear it. Love nice, hear it. Uh, nice little blue can it is. Aye. How's your week been, man? It's been quite refreshing, actually. Well, a bit like a nice can of brew dog beer. <laughs> yeah, had um, quite a, a lot of good news, really. Um, new job, and mm. you know, obviously we're coming out of lockdown soon. Getting plans together for meeting friends and stuff. So, a lot of positive news, really. Yeah, well, exciting times. I wanted to ask you. So, there's something that caught my eye over the week, right? So apparently, Asda loses Supreme Court appeal in equal pay fight. Okay, so what's happening here? I used to work in Asda. They've got different job roles. Some of it's on the checkout, just chatting to old people. Yeah. Some of it's in the warehouse, lifting boxes and doing all that. And some of it's in the freezers, you know, getting your hand amputated because it's frozen off and all that <laughs> shit. So I wanted to ask, like, what um, what's your stance on that? Like, in, in those kind of companies where there's lots of different um, job roles, like, you know, obviously not everyone should get paid the same or should they? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I do always find in these, um, I say, large businesses, there's always a lot of a lot of managers and a lot of low-paid staff, um, mostly um, people who are in school or, or through college, and you know they're, they're always the workers who are working at the very bottom. They're the ones that put the customers first. Mm. I mean, you, you find the management; they always say they put the customers first, but they're not the ones who are needing to deal with the customers. And to be dealing with not only customers on a normal basis, but in in a post you know pandemic, it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous that you know that equal pay and you know working either if you're in a warehouse or if you're on the uh, scanners like you used to be, it's mm-hmm. you know it, it should be something that should be more equal, no well, matter it, what age. Here's the thing: so when I worked, like that was my first job in ASDA, and yeah, my main role was check out because that was the job going and I had to do something but half the time I was running around doing any any, any fucking thing like you know or, or can you go up in the warehouse do this do that can you run <laughs> this um and then at the end of the day can you bag up the cash can you put it in the safe and all that and that was pretty cool it felt like a mafia type deal going on there <laughs> I can imagine. it was really cool so um 
you know, I'm not going to, what, am I going to have different, like, levels of pay for each 10-minute period that I'm doing something different, like? Well, I've never had this problem. Like, everyone in my work who's doing the same job has gotten paid the same. Mm-hmm. And even when it comes down to dishing out the tip pool at the end of the month, depending on how many hours you worked and what days you actually worked would contribute to how much of the tip pool you got at the end. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to not be a junior level uh, bartender anymore i'm a senior level position so yeah. i get paid a bit more than my peers mm. well you've got well, more responsibility yeah. well yeah that's it, it it's yeah. balanced with more responsibility and more yeah. jobs to do both in and out of the workplace mm. whereas actually my um they weren't managers they were like interim managers like the middle ground right yeah so you've got the green shirts you've got the <laughs> the black shirts and then you've got the managers but to be fair for the extra responsibility the black shirts they didn't I don't know about now, but when I was there, they got like practically fuck all, like um, in comparison to the extra work they had to do. Yeah. And I just think that's a bit shit, but I mean, well, I'm, for I'm, me, I'm not, I'm not commenting on, you know, current affairs yeah. uh, with the uh, associated dairies business. Oh. <laughs> that's what Asda stands for. For me, it's if anything goes wrong on the bar, the people above come to me and go, why is this going wrong? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I am the go-to and then I have to filter it down yeah, to... Yeah. Why aren't you doing your job properly? Is that an awkward thing? Have you ever had to do that? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You've had to... I've, there's been several instances where I've had to take a member of staff outside and be like, what's going on? Mate, I, I, most, I'd, hate, I'd hate that. Like, most of the time, it's really easily resolved. But yeah. there have been times where you had to put a note on the profile. Like, I've had a <laughs> talk with this person today about this. Yeah. Uh, they've given me this reason. And I said, that's not really something that should be coming into the workplace. Yeah. Uh, Said he'll improve it for next time. Just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, and thankfully everything gets resolved quite quickly. We're we're quite close as a team. So, what's like the most awkward thing that's happened like at work with a colleague? I probably shouldn't go into it if I'm honest. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. That, that sounds like danger to me. To, no, that, that's <laughs> divulging personal information about problems they've had. Well, I mean, what you can do is you can adapt it. Like you'd adapt a screenplay. You know, you can like. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, just kind of dress it up a little bit, change a few names, you know. Um, well, imagine someone has a problem with a guest mm. and they've had a, a problem either talking to them or being spoken to, something along those lines, and you have to speak with, or I have to speak with my colleague and find out what's going on. And if it's something with them, I have to tell them, look, you've got to, you just got to accept what's happening at the end of the day. They're our guests. We need to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And I know it's not ideal for you. However, that is the job, I'm afraid. thing is, though, guests... On or... the flip side, oh, if yeah. it is something the guest is doing to make them uncomfortable, mm. I then have to step in and take over that role yeah, yeah. to make them more comfortable because you don't want to put them in a situation that they don't enjoy. So I don't know about you, Dave, in your previous roles, but for me, like working with customers and just the public... Yeah. The public are fucking annoying. Like, they're actually oh. really shit. Mate, you Extremely. just dropped that bottle and you just caught it. I'm just going to say it on the podcast. Well done, man. I just saw... <laughs> 10 I didn't, out of 10. couldn't even hear it. You just... The bottle just slipped and you just grabbed it. But the reason why I say this is because I went to um, the shop across our, across the street from us. Yeah. And uh, I went in there in... I don't even know what day it was. It was, it was in the morning, right? And there was this guy... And he was walking around, like moaning about the fact that he couldn't afford fifty p for a bottle of water. And he was he was basically trying to get the bottle for free, yeah, and then come back later and pay for it. And he's like, "Oh, mate, 
I've, uh, you know, I'm going to come back later. I've not, it's only 50p. Come on, it's not only 50p. And you know what's funny? I, I was listening to this guy and like over the course of 10 minutes, the fucking price kept going lower. Oh mate, it's only 45p. It's only 35p. I don't have 30p. Have you got 25p? And I'm, I'm just thinking, and, and I'm looking at my wallet and I'm, and I'm seeing a, a pound coin in my wallet. I'm just thinking, yeah. Nah, fuck, I'm not getting involved in this shit. <laughs> like, like it's not, it's not a case of oh, it's only like 50p or whatever for a drink. Let me have it, charity, yeah. right? Because you know, if 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 someone asked me for 50p and if I've got it, then I'd, you know, I'm I'm gonna give it you. Yeah. It doesn't not gonna affect me. The the logistical ball ache of the management staff having to say, oh, okay, this happened, this happened, this is why the till's not balanced. Like it's just not worth it. Yeah. And but, and plus the guy was being a dickhead. He just like, he's fucking fifty p. If, if you're, I don't know how old he was. He was about our age. Yeah. If you can't afford fifty p of a drink, then you've got a, you have some serious life issues, man. You've got a question like. I remember. What's going on? <laughs> I remember reading something on Reddit a while ago where someone's gone into a corner shop and bought like the cheapest packet of ramen noodles they could. Mm. I think this was in America, so maybe like 20 cents or something. Okay. And they've gone to the checkout to buy it and the card declined. Mm. Yeah. And the cashier just looked and went, just have it. Just, just, yeah, just go. <laughs> you are having a bad time. But just still, literally. in terms of a, a business actually operating, I mean, for, for, from the business's point of view, and this is where it comes down to what you're saying with the equal pay as well, with management being in that higher position, mm -hmm. they wouldn't be seeing it from a customer facing point of view, but that person needs that help there and then. Yeah. And you know what, they're, they're making so much wastage on a daily basis from things going out of date and of course, yeah. the, the thing, sending food off to food banks. You know what, like, they could actually have a policy where they go, right, okay, we can allow so much of a, a charitable act almost on a daily yeah, basis. Yeah. But then you've got the lower paid staff who wouldn't know how to approach that situation. One, because they've not been trained. And mm. two, they're new to that entire world of working and they don't want to, Yeah, yeah. you know, like cause any form of um, problem for themselves. Well, it could be an intimidating situation some people just take the piss, they'll come in like several times a day just to get loads of free stuff. And um, you, know, you can't, yeah, it's about discretion, but you can't always, it's just one of those things. But then you think to yourself, you know what, like charity's sake, like, you know, oh, come on, it's only, like the guy was thirsty, but then I think to myself, you know, like shit, yeah, he's clearly, you know. Well, it was just a weird thing to witness. At the end of the day, there are charities for that. And unfortunately, the high street stores are not charities. Yeah. And while they, do donate the waste food to food banks and to places mm. that could make better use of them as opposed to the garbage can. Yeah. Uh, bottle of water isn't in that demographic. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. bottle of water is quite long lasting. Yeah, and exactly. At the end of the day, they've still got to make ends meet, make yeah. sure they meet profit margins, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can't just give it away because otherwise they'd go out of business. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't be here next week if they did that for a whole week. There's a yeah. lot of homeless in Manchester. That's and it's it's unsustainable at the end of the day. It's so much food because uh, the biggest issue I remember when I was working there was um, customers pick up like some meat from the fridge, decide oh we don't want this anymore, and they'll just fucking leave it like on the shelf. Mate, twenty minutes later <laughs> that's gone warm. You can't sell that. That's getting wasted. Like it's fucking bollocks. You know what? A couple of weeks ago I was in one of the Tesco's in town. I saw a guy walk in while the security were on the break, mm. grab everything out of the reduced section and walk out oh mate all <laughs> the time like, what the 
fuck? Well, that's it. There's um, a Tesco um, on the other side, South uh, Manchester. It's quite a big Tesco for the area, but the area is quite a, um, I want I want to say more of a, a, a poor area. It's a bit shit. And for the Tesco, I'd say that's more of an expensive store for that area hmm. and quite a big store as well. So it comes to the end of the day and there's a lot of food that has met the expiry. So that's when people are coming into the store because that's when they can afford that food to actually purchase. So most they're making most of the profit from selling food that's um, on the reduced aisle, in honesty. I just feel like, um, I don't know, I don't know about other countries, but as a country, we're a bit shit when it comes to like looking after our own. Yeah. Like, I know. Someone um, in need, you know, just help them out. I believe in Norway, they don't have any any homeless people because they have the system in place to support the, the mm. homeless population Yeah, yeah. if it should occur. And I feel like we have really failed in that respect. And I know uh, Andy Burham, Manchester's mayor, he's got a... He's trying to improve the situation when it comes to homelessness in Manchester, but the taxes aren't there. Yeah. And I believe we're getting a tax hike this year to help support that. Something yeah. like 2%. My issue then is, is the money being spent in the right area? I mean, you've got to hope. Yeah. yeah. Like the systems in place, are they the correct ones to deal with this in the right way? Mm. I mean, saying that as well, they're uh, bringing back the bus franchising into a central body in Manchester. That's sick. That's, that's good. Instead of having like first group, uh, stagecoach, All the different private entities are going to bring it like a London-style bus system back into Manchester. Yeah. Well, what I want to know is where... So, yeah, we've got a centralised bus system. I want to know about this centralised bar blade. Where is it? Where's it gone? Where's bar blade? Oh, cheers, man. I've gone through that very quickly. So what was that? That last one? That was Fear of the Dark. Fear of the Dark. So the next one we've got going. This is a hallowed... what is it? Hello, Belgian inspired beer. Made in England, Robinson's 6%. I can expect this to be a more of a wheat beer. I've not tried it at all, so okay. you'll have to let me know. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, just get just the action on that then, and the way it just... Ooh, here we go. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it, it does look a bit like a wheat beer. A bit darker as well, compared yeah. to your normal lager. Oh yeah, shit. When saying that... You can see through it though. I want to talk about Formula One. All right, yeah, yeah. The F1 season started today. It's March 28th when we're recording this. Mm-hmm. F1 just kicked off in Bahrain. And it is such a ball ache to get a stream of Formula One in the UK if you oh, don't right. have Sky. Yeah. Well, we don't have a TV license, right? No, we don't, we don't watch not, TV. Yeah, no, no. It's not not that we're being dickheads, like trying to save money and penny pinch. Like, we literally just don't watch TV. No, right? you just listen to your own podcast, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's more, we're kids of the 21st century. We've exactly. grown up with the internet. We we stream things. We watch YouTube, Netflix, Amazon Prime. But yeah, man, how much of a ball like is it if you don't have TV to like, I'm not really into like now, sports, but I mean. I was looking up how to watch it through F1 directly. And there's no option for that in the UK. Yeah. Uh, they have like F1 access, F1 TV access, which gives you like, lap times and stuff but you can't actually watch the race Mm. because they already have a deal with sky and they also have f1 tv pro which is what lets you watch the live races and that's something like 80 pound a year and we can't get that in the uk because of that sky deal now the cost for sky through now tv which is the system i would use if i was to go through it Mm. would be 
Paying for Now TV with the addition of an F1 package, and it would come to about £33 per month. Bearing in mind, there's probably two races a month at most, for the most part. Yeah, so most of the month you're not actually like watching yeah, it. Yeah, so like after two months, I could have just paid for a F1 membership through a VPN. Yeah. And I'd get all the races at a much lower price. Like, I do not like how Sky control the media market when it comes to yeah, yeah. sports like that. Like Even American football. I think I've said before, I'm a fan of American football. Mm. And the only way you can watch it in the UK, for the most part, is through Sky. Or in a pub, but of course, you can't go to pubs right no, now. No, we so. can't. And also, it's not at such a late time at night for us in the UK. You, pubs usually close during the games. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the problem because we don't... If we were, like, watching, like, football, for example, in the house, we'd have, like, Sky or something anyway. So it'd be all right. You could justify it. Yeah. But some people spend, like, mad money on it. Like, I've got a guy who um, who I know who... I don't know how much he, he fucking spends, like, probably upwards of, like, 60 quid a month just on, like, his TV and sport package. I know, like... Plus the season tickets and all that, you know? Yeah, like, I think a basic Sky package is already quite expensive. And then you got to pay for the TV license on top of that. And then you got to pay extra for all the other services... Like my biggest gripe with it is even if you pay the thirty-three pound a month, you still get ads from the network. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're not paying for an ad free streaming, in honesty. You're paying you're paying for, for a service to be able to then see more advertisements yeah. that they're actually basically getting more money from. And yeah. It's, it's, it's a absolute well, like when you think of the likes of Netflix and stuff, which is why we don't have a TV license or watch yeah. live TV. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I see an advert like on YouTube, I mean, I've got an ad blocker on my computer, on my phone, I've not. Yeah. And like whenever I see an advert pop up, my brain just goes into like a like a null state where I'm not actually like, I'm like, I can't actually like process what I'm being told on the advert. All I know how to do is press the skip button. Yeah, it's like just skip. Yeah, Get me like, past this advertisement. Literally. So it's just not like, this is the thing, though. I can appreciate a good ad. Well, yeah. Uh, if an one. ad is good, I yeah. will watch it. Yeah. Uh, one of my... You know they do in-video sponsorships now. Mm. One of the channels that I like to watch did an in-video sponsorship that was so on point. Mm. As soon as I realized that it was, it was a sponsorship, I was already like 20, 30 seconds into the ad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what you're... Shit. You want to trick them into thinking it's not yeah. actually an ad. You know? you know what? I respect this. I'm going to keep watching out yeah, of yeah. respect. Exactly. It's good shit, man. So then it, it sort of shows like, that the big question is how effective is old like, advertisements um, in terms of like your standard cable TV, you know, satellite TV, how that is sort of being used on like modern platforms like YouTube and your streaming. Like that's not as effective anymore. What what's the new type of advertisements? What that, is the most effective way of advertising to people? That said, though, Super Bowl halftime show, obviously, like that's big, big money spent on adverts for that. Oh yeah, and people like people enjoy that. So, well, I don't know if like I didn't watch. Well, it's like Christmas ads in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people actually search for those and watch them. And I feel like it's like, quality that you put into the ad. Yeah, yeah. Like but you spend more money on these adverts. I feel like every ad, though, can't be like that. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, only ma- I'd like to randomly just say maybe 5% of all ads are going to be ones that stand out in order to 
entice people to actually search for them and send them to friends and shit. Yeah. Whereas if every ad was like that, then it'd be, be a bit diluted. You know, you wouldn't like, I mean, even it comes to like billboards and stuff and just mad money being spent on it. And yeah. I just don't like, you're not going to get the return on it. Advertising is a massive thing, but I just feel people are numb to it now. People. Yeah. It's too, um, it's too sensitized. You know, you're used to getting your ad blocker. You're used to, Pressing skip, you you want to get past that. You don't want to see it. No, you so, don't. So, like, what is like, you know, as future technologies come about, you know, you'll be driving your future electric car. You know, are, are you going? Is it going to detect when you're at a red light? Is a ad going to pop up on your windshield? Like, oh yeah, oh, like you know what the future of things and it is is. Have you seen Ready Player One? Yes, they they make a comment in that that the research we could take up about something like 60% of a user's periphery with adverts without them getting a seizure. Oh, hmm. it's just, I feel the, the way in which the whole, it's kind of like the, um, the the whole culture of technology and how that can then be seen and how it's going to affect people on a, a daily basis. It's it's almost harmful in one way and, and it's getting that right balance of what is too much you know is i feel like platforms like facebook and stuff all they care about is how many ads they can sell they don't mm. you are the customer yeah your data is the is 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 the value yeah know? exactly and you know you're just another clog in the machine at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know what i hate seeing youtube videos but when you open it 10 minute video I think in the UK, you can expect an ad every 12 minutes on terrestrial television. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That video, you've got back-to-back ads every two minutes. Yeah, so literally. Like, you like, start up, you get your two ads, you skip. Two minutes later, here's your next ad. It's, two like minutes fucking, later. it's literally two, like two minutes. I've not even had a chance to watch the fucking video. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're pushing hard the paid YouTube premium because obviously it's like, oh... Watch your videos without interruption. It's like you take the piss. Like I know, yeah. you're interrupting me, and then you're asking me to pay to not be interrupted. Fuck ad you. block. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The only issue it's just on on. I've never got an ad blocker working on the phone. That's the issue because I don't I don't know like the technicalities. You might know this, Dave, right? But with with a browser like Chrome, yeah, you install an ad blocker, and then that obviously detects the ads and removes them, right? Whereas on your phone, on the YouTube app, obviously. The code is on your phone, so yeah, of course it's integrated. It's, it's harder to block yeah. it out because you know, unless you get like a hacked version of like a of a YouTube app or something. I don't know. What do you think? Like, well, I think like, well, this sort of begs the question as well, like how things are becoming a bit more mobilized and how applications are so important for businesses as well. Mm. Like the whole business model of being able to sell advertisements to basically fund the business that's why it's so important that businesses get on board with creating applications that you've basically you've got a supercomputer in your hand and that's where the most important getting to the customer getting that information and the advertisements to them on the hand that's why it's important that they create applications that you can't use ad blocker on because you have to Unless you use your in-browser, you download like a third-party browser yeah. that mm. it's maybe got some dodgy sort of ties with, I don't know, it's sending information off into well, the ether. Well, that's the thing. Like, it, yeah, but what, 
it, it will do because what's the what is the developer gonna gain from giving you this like they're I, gonna do something dodgy. exactly you know what in saying that you do you two remember the hawks about bill gates funding a vaccine so we can inject microchips into you oh yeah, yeah mate no it, right this, like, this is the thing if someone came to me and said we're gonna put a microchip in you that has all your uh, i guess social security yeah best term i can think of you NI number, your criminal record, date of birth, all that rubbish. Yeah, so that yeah. when I go to a job interview, I just think, yeah. okay, this is who this yeah. is, and off you go. Or you even could, if you're passed out on the street. Yeah. And you, you could use it. You can use it internationally as well. Like yeah. You have this thing, it's like, as an American citizen, born in this state, clean criminal record, probably here on holiday, whatever. Yeah. Get him, get him to his hotel. No forgery. You can't, like, fake that shit. Yeah. I would actually be for something like that. Yeah. Okay, I would. Yeah, man allow a microchip with all my personal information to be embedded into me that can only be read by certain readers. Because here's the thing, like, obviously, you know, oh, I don't want people tracking me. People are doing that anyway, man. Why do you think Facebook's free? Why do you think Twitter's free? Yeah, what do you exactly. think your phone Why do you think is? WhatsApp's free? What selling do you locational think? data, Uber, you know, yeah, they're man. selling mapping data. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. All, it's all such a lucrative system, but mm-hmm. you're seeing it on a front-end point of view, but what's happening behind the scenes you don't even want to be looking at because they're selling every little speck of your information to make such a profit to run that of business. Of course, because advertising used to be the biggest market, but now it's data, like selling your data to advertisers, you know, like it's it's come full circle. And it's like people driving down the road, listening to radio shows about big government and agreeing with that. When the irony is you're driving down the road, you have a driver's license, they already have that information. Yeah, like who the fuck? Like, oh, I don't want you knowing my um, my passport number, my driving license number, my reg number. DVLA has got that shit. What yeah. are you about? We've yeah, already it's got like all that. Creating like a whole meta political sort of off the world mm. sort of movement that's going against like the current world government. Yeah, and it's yeah. like you can look into it and look into it and it just mm. becomes one big conspiracy and I, but it's just misinformation at the end of the day how does it work like because you've got different governments like people are saying oh um with covid or oh, it's all fake and they want um people to they, they, they want to control our lives so the government uh day by day taking um, our freedoms away so that we think this is the new normal right you know what my issue with and people do say that you know what my issue with that is okay Who's the government? Who, who is the government? Well, it's the people we vote in as a majority. Yeah, but they're talking about the government as in like the whole the whole world. But what the fuck are America doing? They give a fuck about COVID. They're doing their own thing right now. So clearly it's not working. Mm. You know, mm. I didn't realise you were waiting to open that. <laughs> yeah, I, I way, slapped the, you on the knee a bit. Uh, the, you there's, didn't respond. The, there's that much shit in here. I, I can barely see your face, man. That's the mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, that's the key thing about this show. We love having the... Um, I've got to say, man, this beer, this is fucking good. This hallowed, uh, hallowed beer, thy name. You know what? I really enjoyed that Fear of the Dark as well. Fear of the Dark's good, yeah, man. I feel like next January, when it... was it? Dry January? Mm. While I don't partake in dry January, because my birthday is in January, my mother's birthday is in January, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of opportunities to actually be drinking. Yeah. I feel like it's something we should promote for the podcast. It's like... Mm. being that dry podcast in January there's literally a beer on the logo there is and we can change that to bottles of coke I mean (laughs) I'm gonna let you do that (laughs) you're gonna consider it 
I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna ignore it. <laughs> Dry Chris, wet Marcus. Hey, Let's not get into wet. that. We're gonna might, might have to uh, cancel this podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> what was it with the redact? Oh god. But um, but yeah, no, I'm really enjoying this beer. It's actually quite good. But you know, with stouts, like stouts are typically like most people who I don't know drink beer, they wouldn't drink a stout because it's quite an acquired taste. It's quite strong. So that was quite smooth. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would say the hit or miss. I mean, I don't know how you like your stouts. Yeah. Well, I'm I, assuming you've had a Guinness yeah, at least. I, I do like um, more of a chocolatey sort of coffee smooth. Mm. Like, almost like an espresso where it, it goes down the back of your throat and it, it's just such a. It, it's got full flavor to it. That is the type of stout I do enjoy. I mm. know a beer you might like. It's a Titanic uh, coffee stout. Something mm. like that. I had it years ago, and I, for me, it it wasn't for me. However, it might be for you. It was god awful for me, though. <laughs> do you guys drink um, wine much? Not as often during the pandemic, but I do like a good wine when I'm in work. Mm. End of the shift, get a bottle of wine. It's yeah, pretty solid. Well, you got some pretty some nice bottles. I remember you invited me once to go and have a have a drink with you at your bar when you weren't working. Mate, that was nice. It came out in this like decanter, yeah, which I'd never experienced before, like a big jug. Bit of variation on it. B- big you know. jug of beer, bigger <laughs> jug of wine. Sorry, but I mean, um, do you want to know what happens? Have you ever had wine at my place? So just, just spirit. I've, yeah, no. The yeah. first time I came to your place, when I did meet um, you after your shift, no, I had a, a nice red, uh, very uh, deep. Um, Malbec. I, I forgot which one it was, but I, I remember because me and Marcus we were trying to be all fancy pants and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like shirt on and everything. And see, I probably know exactly which one that is, but I won't say it on this because it'll give away where I work. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the probably thing, the like, budget one. <laughs> probably, but the wine that me and you had, like mm. you get a good discount because you your staff. That was good wine. Man. Yeah, regular pre-COVID time, we got a nice discount on on things mm. obviously we don't get that at the minute we're one because we're not working two the company can't afford it fair enough but we got to try some good wines we did get to try some good wines and the one you're saying that came through a decanter oh my god it's like black pepper notes quite spicy really smooth easy to drink yeah man so the reason why decanters are so good is because it creates that there's a wider surface area there's more room for the air to have contact with the wine which of course develops the taste yep but what if you put the uh, wine somewhere where there is no air well that's how you store it touche but what i'm trying to segue into is um if a case of top-notch bordeaux tastes different after being in space you know what i i saw this, this article a, a as well recent thing, i right? saw this article as well they sent up some 2000 bordeaux Year 2000 Bordeaux mm-hmm. up to the ISS for six months or something. Yeah, man. And it developed oh, more of a two to three year wine than normal. It was more mature. Yeah. Right? It matured quicker in space. So yeah. that space developed wine. But I don't know. Is it because of it being... Because there's air inside the ISS. So it's nothing to do with that. And obviously, it's a glass ball, so that doesn't matter. Is it the G-forces when it goes up and down? I would what, what argue you think it is? that it is the fact that it's zero G. Like so you've still got a bit of air in the bottle. Mm. Like they don't brim it and then cork it. You've yeah, got no. like that little bit of air that mm. is in the bottle and it starts aging 
Well, you've got barrel aging and bottle aging. Yeah. So I'm guessing the wine from year 2000 could either be barrel or bottle aged. Okay. Yeah. But they've bottled it, sent it to space, and that little air pocket has been able to get around the, the liquid. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's the reason, because that little bubble of air is freely moving around hmm. the wine. Mate, that's sick. And so then they brought it back down, and gravity's taking its effect again. Pop that pop that guy open. Soon, um, Elon Musk, you know... You, Forget about the Starlink satellites. <laughs> He'll be sending rockets up, placed with um, wine ready to be mm. matured. You know, it'd be orbiting Earth and then it'd be landing back down. Before you know it, that's got the equivalent of like 2,000 oh, years. As much as you joke about this, that's not it's a bad shout. Yeah. That is actually a really good idea. Like, f- f- talk about Pinot Grigio, talk about fucking Zero Gigio. <laughs> yeah? Wine. <laughs> Maybe they'll um, rename that to Orbited Wine or oh, something a bit more elegant in there. <laughs> right, so I'm going to make sure that I do this before we put the podcast on Wednesday. I'm going to trademark Pinot Zero Gizio and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to save it for when I retire because I want to get a vineyard, all right? But the vineyard's going to be on Mars. It's going to be sick, right? Good luck. Get <laughs> That's all I can say the to you. The vineyard is the rocket pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, why is it all... What's that crisp flavour that comes with the wine? Oh, that's the uh, exhaust fumes from the fucking rocket. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of... Um, or oh, what was it? It was an episode of The Simpsons where they go to look at, like, um, like vineyards. And it's like, oh, the... Um, the the hot Californian sun mixes with the fumes of the highway, and you get this this, this taste and all that. Uh, I've not yeah. seen the episode for like yeah. twenty years, but I mean, like it's it's, it's like the natural you know, environment determines the taste, and it just so happens that there's a fucking highway going through the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, you want that exhaust, that that heat, that greenhouse effect? Because why do you put what well, they call it greenhouse effect? You put your grapes and shit in a greenhouse. You want to create that ecosystem. You want to get the maturity of the wine. I talk as if I know what I'm talking about. I don't have a clue. Well, with this whole same sort of context with like, I mean, what what other foods and drinks? I mean, could you send cheese up and mature the cheddar more? Like, you know, like, where can this lead on to? What is the next step with is sending like a wine up into space? Yeah, well, yeah, I feel yeah. like cheese wouldn't work because they normally case the cheese in wax. And that's... What helps age it? Yeah, I don't think zero G cheese will make a difference. <laughs> I, th- I think not. What some grommet like? I mean, people are gonna oh yeah, go into the moon and uh, breaking off a wedge with your Wensleydale. Mm-hmm. Imagine in a couple hundred years you get space matured steaks. Well, that's the that thing because tasty. being zero G, would the would the meat would the would the muscle fiber. Uh, break up more and it kind of like Be floats around. Yeah, and then and then and bloody uh, Neil Arm- Neil Armstrong's turning over in his grave because there's just bits of like steak floating about the moon. Like you've got how many how many the moon's a satellite, but you've got loads of like like T bones um, orbiting. <laughs> the, uh, the, Talk about the space junk. <laughs> I know. And then you've just brings got... a different meaning to getting boned. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember the um, oh, what was it? You've got. Um, Colin Furs, his fast fast food video, Uncle Fuzzy, Uncle Fuzzy, Classic. where where he, you know he's in a caravan on the motorway chucking beans at people because they don't want to stop for their food, they want to get going on the journey. How do you refuel astronauts? Not in terms of rocket fuel, but in terms of like food, you know. So you get like you get flat like space drive throughs, fly throughs. Well, well, yeah, they send up supply missions. That's basically what a Dragon resupply mission is. It's two things coming together at thousands and thousands of miles per hour. 
Mm-hmm. Although you could also look at it in the place of The Martian, the movie. Fantastic film. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good film, that. Uh, they start growing... Oh, I said they. He starts growing taters on the moon. Taters. Potatoes. Because <laughs> uh, he he doesn't have any other option. And he's fortunate that he manages to use the ship's septic tank to do that. I feel... Ugh. Yeah, like, yeah. He buries it in his own ship, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, What yeah, do you I think mean, compost is? It's fertiliser, yeah. That's yeah. true. So it, it is funny. We are actually on this... con whole conversation of space and talking about fast food in space because there is actual plans to build a whole galactic suite uh, basically a hotel chain that orbits around earth like the international space station so galactical wine and food and growing food on an entire hotel sort of ecosystem it's not too far in the future really you know what? I feel like they've gone about this space travel stuff in the modern era all wrong. Like, it's great that we're bringing boosters back. However, why aren't we putting oxygen tanks in jet planes and fueling or feeding the engines with oxygen from on board and sending it up that way? Exactly. I reckon it's possible. I reckon you could build a jet with oxygen tanks, uh, jet fuel like normal, and send it up, and you just shut the front like the MiG did. They MiGs famously would always go off from rough runways, so they had fucking grates that came over the engine intakes, yeah. so they didn't ingest any fucking dirt. And they'd come up in the flight, just do that, as it make it solid, and pump oxygen through the engine from on board. It's well, no different when you think about it. That's it. I mean, we're still stuck in such a old world, really. I mean, you think of like the Titanic how many years that was, you know, we're still doing cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. And we're only just breaking into space travel. Well, I was thinking this before, like, back end of the 60s, it was such an exciting time. Oh, we've just got to the moon. You know, by the year 2000, we'll have hotels up there. And there's been, like, fuck all going on. And then suddenly Elon comes on and, like, we're actually making progress now. We could actually be on Mars quite soon. And I just feel sorry for... Like, like, we're quite excited about that. Like, yeah. In, oh, our, yeah. in our lifetime... It will be fair. Yeah, yeah. But but I feel sorry for our, like, dads and grandfathers who thought it would be in their lifetime. Yeah. But then, obviously, just fuck all happened after well, that. To be fair, it won't be in our lifetime wide, like, as an open market. We'll see it start. It will see it start. Yeah. But going back to the cruise ship thing, I would like to say Titanic and now are completely different types of cruise liners. Like Titanic was getting from A to B. Yeah, like, it wasn't a it was return a trans- journey. That was yeah. how you travelled. Like that was yeah. just the way you did it. You and know? now it's for leisure. You go uh, to visit a few different places and then fly home. It's not yeah, your yeah. main mode of transport. It's it's a different purpose now. So segueing back to like the whole um, progressing aircraft. Soon it will be. Um, we'll take the normal Boeing seven three seven. We'll just be taking that more of a leisurely way. You know, the first class, what we see it now, we'll just be flying around in more of a leisurely way. It's funny you say that. You know, Qantas Airways, the Australian carrier, they started just doing flights that would take off and land in the same airport just for people who wanted to get on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) That's so... I can't imagine that because planes are fucking awful. Like, why would you... It's like the Titanic. Like it's just it's just a practical way to get somewhere. But why not just make it enjoyable? 
this is the thing. I tend to go on a holiday more for the flight than the actual holiday. Really? Yeah, I like mm. flying. I love getting on a plane, it's feeling that, that acceleration, that take off. Oh yeah, wait until you go to like Australia or something, like, and it's a long haul. <laughs> You've only done trips. To Twelve Europe. hours late. Yeah, so twenty-four yeah. hours layover and stuff. That's what's so good about being in the UK. Like we're so close to Europe, we can just fly. That's why Americans, when they come over here for like students, like exchange programs, they love it. They're going to Europe like every weekend because yeah. it's so close for them. I've seen that. They'll, they love it because of the travel, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine so if they were flying. Let's say average American lives in, I don't know. Carolina, North or South Carolina. Yeah. Flying to Europe every week to have a little quick holiday. Mm. It'll cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars each week. Mm-hmm. Whereas from England, if they're already here for uni. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, you can get flights for like 20, 30 quid. Yeah, man. And it's the time as well. And that's what they're here to do. They're doing exchange programs because they want to experience something new. You know, I mean, I went, I went to, um, to uni in, in Manchester and there were several exchange programs. So like, Typically, it was it was um, students from Ohio, and I've been to Ohio. I mean, it's a very, I wouldn't call it very touristy. It's a nice state. It's actually quite beautiful. You know, it's very green. Um, I went in autumn time, so it was actually very orange. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a nice place. But of course, it's very much like, it's not exactly touristy. It's not exactly like bustling. It's quite chilled. So if you're, if you've got the chance to go to the UK and then obviously go to Europe, you're going to go places that you've never been to before. Oh, yeah. You know, I was trying to go to America in 2020. I had flights booked to go to RTX mm. for that year. And obviously... Was that in Austin? It was in Austin. Yeah. Obviously, that got cancelled for mm. reasons everyone knows. Uh, yeah, we heard that a lot. Um, X, obviously, that got cancelled because of COVID. Yeah. Like, I'm getting quite bored of uh, hearing that, and I'm just hoping, like... However, I have soon. managed to save a lot of money in the last year by not being able to go anywhere. Yeah, well, no. Well, uh, that's so I've thing. got quite a bit of money saved up that I can then use to go out and about and actually do things. And, and you know what, mate? Like biggest example, you make the most of it as well. Normally, yeah. I'd get an Airbnb because it's cheaper. Mm. I've got enough money in the bank now where I can pay for a fucking fully catered hotel. To be fair, I, <laughs> I prefer Airbnb sometimes. Yeah, so do I. I'm not going for a fully catered hotel. <laughs> no, yeah, but, <laughs> but it's there if you Chris want. Here. <laughs> no, no, because I mean, you get rather than getting a room, you get a whole house. Yeah. Like when I went to Austin last, uh, yeah, it was it was last year's February 2020. Um, we got we got a whole house. It was sick. What about Bratislava? Bratislava was amazing. Whole flat. I think thirty quid per person for five days. Mm. Beautiful, full flat to ourselves. Couldn't couldn't ask for anything more, and it was right in the center. It wasn't yeah. like five miles away, right next to the airport or something. Right in the center. No, I think I think it's, and I've had some great Airbnb experiences. I went to mm. Paris on my own for a weekend a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, obviously you never know, but my host turned out to be really nice, mm. and um, you know, I got up one morning and there was a balcony, and I, I sat on it just just to chill, you know, I'm just enjoying my, my my free time, and she brought me some fucking you know fresh. French pastries, like, that's sick. <laughs> well, you know what I was Amazing. telling you last week about time. our last-minute trip? Mm. It was like we didn't even have accommodation sorted until the day before we travelled. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our host was a uni student. Love it. Renting out that extra room to tourists. It's definitely not legal. <laughs> it, it really wasn't. Because uh, he had to ask us to not be in the apartment during certain hours because people were coming to inspect it. And you couldn't have anyone else in there. That reminds me of that story of, you know what? I think it was a student of Manchester, but I'm not sure. 
basically running running like a clothes business yeah from his flat I feel like it was Gymshark probably wasn't Gymshark no. no I'm not sure but like you know you hear about it quite a lot yeah. people just taking advantage of the situation I mean but in my opinion fair play you gotta do what you can in this world yeah you know? for sure for sure 100% um, I'm getting to the end of my beer but I really enjoyed it's it right. I'm out I'm all out now I need to get something different yeah shit well I don't know what you got Oh, <laughs> so Jose. Just a bit of context. So, um, yeah, you've got a Tassimo coffee machine that I, you don't want anymore. I had a Tassimo coffee machine that I have given today. Oh, I do. Uh, love he has very kindly uh, brought me a bottle of tequila as a thank you for that, which is more than what I was what asked for. <laughs> I was just going to give it away. The good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it'd end, end up in the bin. Oh, it is the good stuff because it's not white tequila. It's it's Brown tequila. Yeah, it's yeah. It's aged stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not your fucking white <laughs> shot it with lime and salt. It's You but can actually drink it. I know someone who's actually from Mexico and he loves tequila and he he hates the way that people drink it here. He hates it. The whole lime and the salt and all that shit. I don't like it either. No, and, the pe- and people shot it and, and I hate tequila. You... I love motherfucker, you've bought me so many <laughs> tequila shots and you've fucked so many of my nights because I've been passed out on the street. I've been asleep. Awful, right? I hate tequila, but I'm drinking it wrong. I'm shotting it. You need to enjoy it. I am <laughs> reminded of that shot I created because we had a shit ton of Rancor Reyes. Mm. Uh, I just brought back a bottle of Cat Tequila, which is one of my favorites. Oh, those are the school bottles. Yeah. Those and nice. you got me absinthe years ago from mm. when I moved into my first apartment that I still have now. To be fair, like, well, when was that? We're not that even was... halfway through that, and it's been, what, nearly four years? Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time, man. Or as I call it, the magic juice. The magic <laughs> juice. Well, no, because uh, that, you can get it in the UK, but not that percentage. That's quite a high volume. I think it's something like 70 or 80% that you got me. Yeah, not the highest volume, but it comes in a nice bottle. Yeah. It's a nice school bottle, so. And it, it matches the aesthetic of the flat that I had at the time. Yeah, I quite like it. And, uh, you know, that in a shot, you mix the Ankle Reyes and the Yeish tequila together and layer the absinthe for a flaming shot. The Ankle Reyes, in case you don't know, that's it's a chili liqueur. It is a chili liqueur. Yeah, so, you know, and it's quite funny. So back at when I was at that Airbnb in Austin, Texas, there was a drinks trolley. Yeah, yeah, we just we just took everything. We just like <laughs> obviously drank it all. And then I brought some of the bottles back and finished them off here. I'd never heard of Anko Reyes. I was like, oh, wow, what's this? What's this? The, 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 ooh, chili liqueur. This is something interesting that, oh, maybe you can't get that in the UK. Bring it home. Chris is like, oh, Anko Reyes. I'm like, you what? Like, yeah, you, it's, it's just standard shit you get in the exotic um, he drink from America. I thought I'd struck gold here with this. <laughs> he, he didn't even tell me the name of it. It was like, I found this like chili liqueur thing while I was I in Austin. And it was it. so nice and this and that. And I went, it sounds like a bottle of Anko Reyes. And yeah, he, like, he got the bottle, looked at it, looked at me, looked back at the bottle and went, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look back at me. Now back to the bottle. Now back to me. Sadly, the bottle is not what you thought it was. And it's just a fucking standard drink that you can get here anyway. I shouldn't have even... Uh, I don't think you can get it on the standard supermarket shelf, but it is something oh, you can get wholesale. From a supplier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the, the mad thing was, whilst you were drinking from that drink stand all the way in Austin, Texas... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was all the way in sunny Thailand <laughs> having cocktails on a cruise. Ooh. We were literally... Bang cocktails. We made a sandwich of planet Earth. 
We made it so. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Tell me more about this. <laughs> what is this Planet Earth sandwich? It, it's not as good as you think. No. So for me, it was my breakfast. Okay. And for Marcus, it was his evening. All yeah. right, all right. And <laughs> so I'm assuming this is alcohol. Not alcohol, just pure stupidity. Just to be stupidity. Honest. You, you'd yeah. think alcohol was involved, but it really wasn't. Yeah, we thought it would be funny for the WhatsApp group and stuff. We, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah threw, threw a piece of bread on the floor, took a picture of it from Thailand, and then. <laughs> Marcus for a piece of bread on the floor from, in Texas. In Texas, and, <laughs> and you know, lo and behold, we made a sandwich of the earth. It was so weird because I we'd both travelled in different directions from the yeah. same place, opposite sides of the world. You'd yeah. almost think it was planned. The furthest mm. we had both ever been apart. Oh, <laughs> no, sounds I know. so romantic. Oh, <laughs> I know, yeah. And I enjoyed every minute of it. It was so. You should nice. have seen the embrace when they got back together. So oh. peaceful. Oh no! Well, so when we motion. got back together, like <laughs> COVID started as soon as you got back. Running embrace with the chili liqueur. In oh. fact, like, what was Thailand like? Because when was that? February. That was uh, February 2020. It was January going into February. Um, mm-hmm. Just the very start of covid mm. uh, it was very bizarre actually because over in asia they they do take um, you know they, they wear face masks as just a standard thing the hygiene and everything's yeah, yeah. it's always very high mm. and i just remember you know sat in the cabin and watching the first case of covid being announced in the uk and then a week later, we're, we're traveling, I believe it was from um, a, a lovely place called Langkawi um, in Malaysia, up towards um, Singapore. We were passing all the nice uh, fishing ships at night. Oh. And then I look at BBC News because it was the morning in the UK at this point. Mm. I'd, have, I'd had a few cocktails. And um, as we're approaching Singapore, it's saying on the news, oh, um, you know, there's been cases of COVID-19 in um, Singapore. And it was literally something out of a movie. Mm. I thought we were going to embark on a whole zombie apocalypse in, <laughs> in Asia, you know. Yeah, like, it could still happen. The vaccines yeah. come out, you know. It's crazy. Like, give it a week or two weeks later, we would have, honestly, we would have been one of the unfortunate few that would have been stuck on the cruise Um you know, sailing, unable to dock anywhere and get off at a port. Mm-hmm. And the air conditioning systems in there, it was just spreading it around. I remember that. There was loads of stories of, like, cruise ships where people are basically just stuck on the ship. I remember seeing the charts. It's, like, the most infections in the world. And there was, like, a cruise ship at the top for so long. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like, like every, everything else is, like, a country or, like, a territory. Yeah. And then just got that cruise ship. Believe it or not, I have a family member... Uh, yeah. yeah, they've been stuck in, I believe, Tenerife since the pandemic hit. Really? Uh, not place not the first stuck. lockdown, the second lockdown. So oh, okay. From the second lockdown, yeah. they've been in the Canary Islands, mm. unable to get home. They had a they had the choice to come back. Mm. Like, no, oh, I'd be like, nah. Go home to cold, wet England or stay in the Canaries where it's warm and we can just enjoy ourselves and we're retired anyway so what does it matter yeah exactly fuck it. Like, <laughs> so oh. they, they've just been in the Canaries enjoying the sun during this uh during our lockdowns what what would you do so like I know people who so a friend of mine's grandparents okay they bought this house in Surrey like between like well actually no 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 Kent Kent so like South London 
they bought this house very cheap. Obviously, London has grown quite a lot in the last 60 fucking years, right? Yeah. And now that house is worth quite a lot. They sold it. They bought a little flat, downsizing, and then they're just going to retire on the rest of the money. How sick would you... Like, for me, what I'd love to do is just have a load of money and then just, like, just go on cruise ships first of my life. <laughs> no, I think I you were talking about this earlier, about really cool, yeah. winning the lottery mm. uh, before we started the podcast, and you were saying how you wouldn't want to tell anyone because people would take advantage. The one thing I would definitely do is make sure that my mum has a house and she's set for life. Yeah. Yeah, you'd she's, wanna, she's yeah. still renting. Like, she's renting from my grandmother at the minute. Family first. Oh, that's all right. That's not so uh, bad. And she gets a good rate for it. And she's been able to save for a mortgage, but since the pandemic hit, the she's not been able to actually get the mortgage for the house that she wanted. It's hard to do. So it's been pushed back a bit. Mm. However, if I could, I would buy her a house outright and just be like, don't worry about a mortgage or anything. Of course. You have a house now. Well, I was saying, like, if you came into loads of money suddenly, what would be the point in going around telling everyone? Because that's just going to create jealousy. Obviously, like, what's the benefit of them knowing that? It's much better just to, if you can afford it, treating people to nice things. I'd love to set up some kind of a retirement plan where I just like pay mum a wage or something, you know, every yeah. month, like she's covered. Um, and I'd love to, you know, I'm working on a, you know, thing I can maybe do that in the future one day. Who knows, all right? But um, yeah, that'd be much nicer. Essentially, um, you'd and people like... wouldn't treat you differently because they don't know you're loaded. Yeah, essentially, you'd like to be able to support your family without making everyone around you jealous yeah exactly because i i said this before you know you get people coming out of um, all different angles trying to beg for support and it's just long removed twice removed cousins and shit you know people come out of the woodwork exactly and it's not that you'll soon find even though you're a decent person but you've then been you're almost feeling self-centered because you're then needing to disregard other people's, um, you know, the, the way of life or if they've got problems in their life, you're going to have to shut that out. And, you know, sometimes it, I do say this, like money doesn't always bring happiness. It really doesn't. It can sometimes bring more hassle. Well, oh, this, yeah. is, this is why I didn't want to just put up the coffee machine to sell. It's like, mm. I'll, I'll offer it to my friends first because... At the end of the day, I don't need the money. It's not going to change my life. I mean, you are furloughed, like... Yeah. However, I know by offering it to my friends, they might actually get use out of it and enjoy it without the financial burden of having to go out and buy one. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're helping someone out, and that feels much better. Yeah. It's like my old laptop. I I was asking people if they needed a laptop, and I went, well, I need one because I've not got one. Mm. I've got a work one, but I'm trying to do my own stuff now and I can't really do that on my work laptop. It's just not good enough. I was like, mm. all right, well, there you go. Have the laptop. Yeah, take it, fuck it. Yeah. Mm. I could have sold that for a couple hundred quid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not worth it. It is it, nice. I get more value out of giving it to someone who needs it than I do just selling it and getting the money. I'll tell you something, right? Like, I'm not a wealthy guy, but recent calamities on the stock market, as you've heard, <laughs> at one point I had more money than I've ever had before and got carried away with it and um, the stock market has changed now and um, I've not lost money, I just lost the ability to, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, like, you know, nine grand down. It's actually quite a bit more than that. Um, But it was never my money in the first place. It was just, um, I don't know, gains that I just never cashed in. I'm not in a bad position. Um, but you know what, whilst I was doing all that, I was extremely stressed. I was checking stock market all the time, 
because this is money I've never seen before. I'm like, oh shit, this is like, you know, like it's stressing me out. Whereas now that I'm, the markets have changed, I'm not really doing much stocks anymore. And I just feel so much better. I'm poorer, <laughs> but I'm not poor. So and I appreciate that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all right. And I think it's much more rewarding to, like, for example, like I work in the creative space. I make videos and shit and I want to work on my own films. So I'm currently working on that because I think it's much more valuable to just make something that's cool and then people enjoy it or to help people out yeah. and, you know, do stuff. Like it's actually stressful having money. Like it's not. That's it. The, the more, um, the more the like the momentum builds with um, trying to sort of roll over the the money and the profits and create more of a an actual abundance of money. The more stress that thing comes with that, yeah, yeah. and then that stress isn't actually worth the money like you then have. No, it's not because you, through that stress you've then missed opportunities. Your your headspace is in a different um, a different world, really. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just lo- looking at things going up and down, up and down, it, it's not healthy for anyone, you know. And you're obsessed over it. Yeah, you, you, that obsession. That's what takes over. And being able to set aside obsession from reality is it, very hard, especially when you've got such large volumes of money that you've never had. But yeah, yeah, and actual, you're risking it. Exactly. The the risk versus reward, it, it becomes so like transparent that it's hard to know what the best decision to take is. Yeah, you if, end up having a clouded judgment. And I'll tell you what it's like for me. Um, yeah, I say that I've lost money. I've not. I've not lost my own money. I've just missed out on the opportunity to have money. It's like getting a lottery ticket changing the numbers that you'd normally go with and then your original numbers come up I, I, you know my, my, my uncle says oh I could have won three million quid but I changed my numbers um from my normal ones and the fucking <laughs> the normal numbers came up and I missed out but you never had it in the first place so you didn't really lose it exactly so you then... but, but it makes you feel like you feel the pain of it and it's not a good like it's very distracting yeah and then you keep playing with the old um, the old thoughts in mind as to how you could have had something. That always whole, could have. Mm. The, the whole could have is so destructive and it, it's so hard to actually think, you know what, this is what I have now. This is what I value now and this is what is good for me now rather than what I could have had. Let's just enjoy being in this moment, yeah, what man. I have now and spending it in the right way and yeah. bringing it onto how COVID has treated us in the last year or so, mm-hmm. you know, you've put things more into perspective. You know what? In uh, like 2018, 2019, I used to buy a, a scratch card every month for my wage. So I'd get paid my wage and I'd go buy a couple of scratch cards, you know, try your luck. Mm. Uh, and after that, I was like, look, I'm not going to win anything on scratch cards at the end of the day. It's next to impossible. The odds are way out there. Like maybe I spend two quid on it and I get 20. Great. But all in all, I'm not really getting anything out of it. And uh, I saw this thing on Omaze or something where you buy some entries to a house draw. So I spent more money than I normally would just on that. I was like, this will be me for the year. This is like my gamble for the year. Mm. And that didn't come through either. And I've not done anything since. So like two years, I've not gambled anything. And Ben, that brings you back to the whole... um 
you got to be in it to win it. And then, you know, you just, you cycle things around your head. You're like, oh, you know, if I'm not in it, then I could not be in it. And then this is what people are worried about. It's the fear of missing out and the opportunities, say like you're bringing it to how the world is seeing cryptocurrencies now. They're finally seeing it peak. They're finally seeing people getting outstanding gains on things what they've, they, they've you know, little Jimmy here in the closet, he, he put 10... Fucking made me jump that. <laughs> That's the hour marker. Did, did you jump at that? Or... Just a tiny bit. <laughs> no. I was getting shot. Uh, sorry, no, 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 go on, go on. Yeah, so like, people who have placed a bit of money, £10 in like 10 years ago, they thought, oh yeah, you know what, I'll just throw this risk out there. You know, 10 years later, that £10 then worth about 1 million. You know, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. You it's can't, mental. You can't foresee it happening. And then you get the people who have like, the, the fearing to miss out on opportunities and they're then plowing in money at the peak of that opportunity. More than they can afford. And then obviously things backfire. They're not willing to wait, you know, have their money stuck somewhere. Like if you buy, if you buy something, uh, yeah, you just dropped a coast on the floor, I did. didn't you? I did yeah. drop a coast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you buy a stock and you put in more than you can afford and that stock goes down, then if you sell, then obviously you're going to lose money. You only lose money if you sell at a loss. Now, you might not be comfortable having your money stuck somewhere waiting for the price to go back up. So obviously, well, then you're an idiot and that's what I've done. Um, you know, you end up making it so that you can't, if you need the money for something, you can't take it because it's stuck somewhere at a loss. And, yeah. and and it's that whole thing. But genuinely, like I, I'm kind of looking at myself now and thinking, right, what can I do that is you know there's a lot more it's a lot more rewarding to do things for people and for yourself and obviously if you if you're chasing money it'll never be enough like it doesn't matter how much you've got i'd like to say oh if i had a million quid i'd be happy i don't think i would be yeah but happy for how long that's well, the question exactly. that, that's the thing yeah exactly so i think um you know you've got to keep yourself grounded you know yeah i'm bringing it back to how we first started with the Employees say, for example, how it is as the with, you know, and a lot of low skilled jobs that they say are low skilled, but in mm. actual fact they are high skilled because you are multi talented in different ways. Mm. It's just that skill isn't actually appreciated. It's how how you can actually be um, valued in different ways based off um, the opportunities that you take. And instead of putting money into high risk, putting money into opportunities like support for people who need it, like food banks and good opportunities for people that are struggling in this awful situation that we are in, that's yeah, that that's going to make more of an impact for it's making more rewarding, them. yeah. Exactly. A, a good reward, not only for yourself, but for the wider community. Yeah, I think so. And I think... Um... I think it's a shame that a lot of people don't realise that. But, you know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to learn, we're here to figure that out. But, um, but yeah, that that said, though, you know, Tesla cars can now be bought in Bitcoin. Yeah. So, uh, well, <laughs> before we continue, I'm going to say we will end the regularly scheduled podcast on this note. All right. Two guys talking episode seven. Decent. Although we will be trying a little extension to this. We're going to end it for the Spotify listeners and Apple podcasts and stuff. 
but we're going to continue it on for the YouTube listener and right, extend it past that one hour mark. Yeah, man. And uh, I hope you guys over on Spotify will fancy giving it a listen. We'll create a separate video of just the extension. We'll also extend the original pon- podcast Sounds good on the me. normal release. All right, cool. So thank you for listening on Spotify. And if you're joining us on YouTube,